Hey everyone, welcome to The Betting Tree. I'm your host, Evan Robleski, alongside my co-host, Brandon Spaulding. Brandon, how are you doing this afternoon? Well, this evening, but yeah, doing real good, man. Um, you know, really wish I had put some money down on FIU. We had talked about it before a little bit, kind of wondering why an 0-16 was favored by 5.5. Um, it's looking a little, a little iffy, but whatever. Yeah. This kind of means that it's going to be a good weekend. I hear you. I mean, we were sitting here doing some final prep for this first episode and uh, really looking at this FIU Sam Houston game just in the background for, you know, shits and giggles, but it is what it is. But with that said, Sam Houston's driving. We got 130 left, and we're going to put that on pause and get down to what we're actually going to talk about this weekend. Yeah, two more shit teams that no one cares about. All right, I take that back. I care about James Madison. School's already won me a lot of money. It's a great up and coming up and coming school that it's really a goddamn shame that they're not going to be bowl eligible till next year. Should be a New Year's Six team if they were, but it is what it is. Kurtz and yet yet he's got that team turned around. Um, looking really good in their first few years up as an FBS team. Jordan McLeod's proven to play real well for them at quarterback right now as well. And, um, you know, with their with their strength of schedule and then this Marshall team that they're facing, I don't see why they couldn't cover four on the road. I'm arguably the best group of five team, would you say? Uh, yeah. Potentially, I mean. I think this game could go ugly real quick. Marshall's not going to be able to run the ball. James Madison is the number one team in the nation in run defense. They're, Marshall's going to have to. Yards, yards per game, right? 42? Yeah, I mean, th- again, they're not going to be able to move the ball by running it. Jamarshall's going to have to throw the ball. James Madison's deep pass defense ain't bad. It's not great. It's serviceable. It's opportunistic. See, I think this game is going to be twenty-one nothing by the end of the by the end of the first quarter. See the argument that you can make for Marshall, and I I'm on the JMU side on this pick. I I am, but the argument that you could play pick for Marshall in this is they have a a stout third down defense. And that's where JMU struggles the most. They are 127th in the nation in third down percentage. Marshall's not much better, so that doesn't really give them an edge. I mean, I don't think JMU's going to be in too many third downs in this game. No, you're right, but... I I, I see the point. With that said, I'd say that the side that you take, it's JMU. I I can't fathom putting four points on Marshall, even at home. I think it's three and a half now, even if you shop around, but... Yeah, it's, if they win by a touchdown, your bet hits. And I think this is at least a two-touchdown game. I'm, I, uh, I'm looking to put JMU in a parlay later on, potentially. There's no guarantee on that, but I like this game that much. Yeah, uh, it's it's great. It's a Thursday night game that I have a really strong lean on. Um, what I'm probably going to do with it is I'm probably going to play it straight up, put one unit on that. And then any other game that I take, because I don't really like this college slate, so I'm not taking too many of those games. Um, yeah, I probably just put a half unit on those teams and then another half unit with those teams with JMU. So we're sprinkling yeah, JMU. I mean, if you sprinkle JMU, and that's a Thursday game. So, I mean, know what you got going into the weekend. Uh, you know how many units you may be up or down going into a Saturday noon kickoff. It's a great look. Let's I'm I'm hammering JMU, so are you. 
Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Penn State versus Ohio State. Brandon, any initial thoughts on this one? Fuck Ohio. Agreed. Uh, uh, fuck Ohio. Um, both being from Michigan, double fuck Ohio. <laughs> Go blue. That being said, do gotta respect the Buckeyes. They've, they've they've looked really good this year. Outside of that opening game against Indiana, it's also an opening game where you're breaking in a new quarterback who is more game manager than anything else. And I don't mean that to disrespect Kyle McCord, Jared McGoff, Jared McGoff. Oh boy, Jared McGoff. Yep, Jared McGoff is also a very it. serviceable quarterback. I mean, McDonald's is a serviceable, serviceable meal. Jared McGoff is a serviceable, serviceable quarterback. Maybe not the greatest in the world, but it'll do it a pinch. It's solid, and you'll keep going back to it for years. See, the problem with that analogy that I have is Jared Goff and Kyle McCord are not one and the same. Jared Goff now plays on Sundays as Super Bowl as a Super Bowl I mean, appearance. Yes. Yeah, of course, naturally, I. Understand the analogy from their style of play, but Kyle McCord is still a young guy. He's yeah, he's finding his groove under center right now. But the Penn State offense is stifling. They are the number one defense in the nation. So how Ohio State's going to combat that? I'm not quite sure. Ohio State does have arguably the most explosive wide receiving core in the nation as well. So that passing attack. Um, will really prove to show what Kyle McCord is really made of in this game. It's going to be the toughest defense that he's faced all year. Is it better than Notre Dame's defense? I mean, statistically speaking, yeah, it's better than Notre Dame's defense, but is it that much better? Like, he's faced a tough defense before. And you could say the same thing for Drew Drew Rally. They went up against Iowa. I, I would say the difference is that Notre Dame can move the ball. Iowa against Penn State was just three and out, three and out. Maybe get one first down. Maybe get a few yards here and there. Nothing spectacular. Um, I think Kyle McCord's the more tested quarterback at this point. I think Ohio State has better weapons. I think that defense is better. If I had to play it, I would probably choose. I would probably pick OSU in the points. Probably the under as well, given how good both these teams are defensively. But... So that's my question. Are you playing it? I think there's better things out there. If I need a play at the end, just yeah, you know, when I finish off a four-lay parlay, I don't know, man. Just got an extra play in my belt. Probably pick an OSU. But as of now, oh, I'll pass. That, that tastes like vinegar, just hearing that. Um Hey, I wrote my I wallet. understand. I understand. Uh yeah, you're you're rooting for your wallet. I understand that play. Um and I'm gonna tell you that I'm probably staying away from this game. If I do play it, it's gonna be Penn State money line. And yeah, obviously not an Ohio State guy. I'm not either. But I understand you're not. But with that said, they've taken a step back. I truly think that as a team, they've taken a step back and Penn State has taken a step forward. I think the Michigan-Penn State game will be more competitive this year. I think Michigan-Ohio State will be just un-as competitive as it has been the last two years. And that may be, but that's because Michigan has also taken a giant step forward. 
Michigan has taken over where Ohio State was. But when Michigan was number two, they were still beating Penn State. I think think the only change to the Big Ten is Michigan is one, Ohio State's two, Penn State's still that number three. I don't know. I pushing Michigan out of the conversation as much as I love them and focusing on Ohio State and Penn State. My play would be Penn State money line with maybe a half unit to double that and make it a unit since Penn State is getting what? How many points are they getting on the Five road? And Five and a half. That's disrespectful. It's a, touch, it's a touchdown or two field goals. I mean, I, it's, it's a close game. I just think it's a lot for a game that is the game of the week. Uh, a 3-6 matchup, right? Ohio State's ranked third, Penn State's sixth. So if there's a play for me, it's Penn State money line. Sounds like for you, it's Ohio State to cover. I'll tell you what. If I wake up on a Saturday morning, JMU's already hit for me. Yeah, I'm looking at a little more action. Hit something big, maybe get out of work. Yeah, I might follow you on the Penn State. I I would still lean Ohio State. Only reason I play against them is fuck Ohio. And honestly, I, at that, I'd probably just pass. It's going to be a fantastic game. I can't wait to watch it. But to pick this game, I can't do it. Can't do it? All right. Well, with that said, sounds like we'll be uh, moving on to the next one. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic game still. I know I'm not betting it, but that's just one of those games where you're watching it as a fan to be entertained, and you don't need to bet it because betting, I don't know. I don't think that makes that game that better. Oh, yeah. Much better. No, I think up and up and down it's going to be one of the better games of the weekend, as it should be. These two teams are top-tier Big Ten talent. They are year in and year out. This is expected to be a good game year over year. On a side note, I know we mentioned it earlier. Um, so FIU was what minus five and a half, I think, to open up open up on a Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever the fuck day it is. Um, looks like they're gonna cover. At this point, I would rather Sam Houston just win this ball game flat out, getting three. Uh, it's twenty seventeen right now, and nine seconds left. FIU is driving. This would be Sam Houston State's first win as an FBS team. Um, really hoping the Bearcats, spelled with a K, not a C, um, can pull it out and get them. Well, with that said, we can move on to another group of Bearcats. We're going to be talking about uh, Baylor and Cincinnati now. So as we move into this game, we got Cincinnati favored at home, minus three and a half as your second noon game. And both teams are coming into this game at a record of two and four. Shank it. Thank you. Live watch right now as FIU right. ties the ball game with Sam Houston. <laughs> Barring a miracle, we got OT. Yes, and with that said, Brandon, do you have anything to uh what do you what what's your take on Baylor Cincinnati? Let me just Yeah, I, I don't have one. I, I I this is one of those games that I don't think either of these teams is impressive. I think both of these teams lack an identity. Um, I don't know how to predict this game. Um, that's fair. That's that's a fair statement. With that said, if there's a lean here, I would say 
Cincy at home getting three and a half. Uh, I think their quarterback, Emory Jones, is a solid stud for what he is at that program. Uh, their wide receiver, Xavier Henderson's years producing to prove well for them. And outside of that, it's just going to be a scrappy ball game. Cincy at home taking three and a half, minus three and a half. Let's mark it down and move on. Next up, we got Washington State and Oregon. Yeah, this is an interesting game. Um, Washington State's been really struggling struggling the last two weeks. Oh, I forget the scores, but they got blown out. Um, Arizona beat the doors off of them. And then you got Oregon coming off of a three-point loss to Washington. Uh, Bo yeah. Nix at home, that's always a good Always a good bet. Um, I just think it's a bounce back game for Oregon. I know it's 20 points. My heart says pick Washington State. I still think of Gardner Minshew and those long and that sweet, sweet flow that that man had. Are we, We're going to be on opposite sides of this, huh? You're going Washington State? Oh, no. You're, you're taking Oregon? I thought you were siding Washington State. I will. I, as much as I want to. I think Oregon's the play here. Um, All right. Cam Ward hasn't looked the same the past two weeks. So we are in agreement then. Because I think Bo Nix and the rest of the Ducks are on a mission to rip apart the rest of their schedule. And I think Washington State is their first victim. I think this is going to be a bloodbath. Like, this could be a conference game that ends in a 30-plus scoring differential. It's at minus 20. I'm not telling you that it's it's free money because there's no free money in this game. But You were gambling. You were not winning. Yeah. You're hoping to win. But, you know, at a 60% average winning percentage, that's, you know, that's some take-home money. That's nice that you can you can pocket. So yeah, talk- I mean, if you're hitting 60%, quit your fucking day job. But- <laughs> as we're sitting here talking about this, just want to make that clear. But as with that said, I – Really like the Ducks. At at home, minus 20, 3.30 kickoff time. It's just a spot that says, hey, we're pissed off. We lost a heartbreaker to a rival, a game that we probably should have won. Um, Yeah, I mean, they're pissed off. It's minus – the kicker is that it's minus 20. It's not minus 13 and a half. We're not talking like minus 10. Washington, it's not even minus 17 and a half. We're talking minus 20, and it seems so high. And I think that's part of the reason that I like it. I like it that much more because it says Bo Nix and the Ducks. So I forget the exact. To get yeah, and I, I forget the exact trend, but it's something like in top 25 matchups. And I know Washington State's not a top 25 match top 25 team but they're very they, they're very close they just got dropped out like they're, they're close enough where yeah they're a decent enough team when vegas is saying hey we think this decent enough team this team that's top 30 ish is get is going to lose by 20 they're right more times than not it's what happened when oregon played colorado colorado um that's just that's the trend and when it's a bounce back spot, the trends point that way. It's a home team getting the big points, not the away team. I get the better quarterback. Yeah, I'm going to take Oregon. All right. 
Well, let's move on then. All right. Next, we have up Minnesota and Iowa. The Big Ten Rock Fight of the Week. <laughs> so we all know Iowa's issues offensively. Um, their offensive coordinator has a con- clause in his contract that states that he needs to get 24 points a game in order to keep his job. Um, so that's never a sign that your offense is doing anything particularly good. Um, and then Minnesota has been an, an especially kind of bad this year. They were in a very close game with the Raging Cajuns of University of Louisiana. Um, just last, was it last week or the week before? Yeah, last week. Sorry. Rolling, rolling dumpster fire level. Yeah, bad. yeah. Michigan just made them look like high drive that last week. Yeah. So you're on Iowa, minus three and a half? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very easy play. I think Vegas is looking at that and saying Iowa's not very good offensively. Uh, Minnesota, they can put up some points, but I think Iowa's going to be the best defense they play. Yeah, I mean, it's near impossible for Iowa to score. Yes, I mean, they're favored by three and a half with the over-under set at 31 and a half. I sound I may sound crazy to say I like the under here at yeah, 31 and a half. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. It's so bold. And that's why I can't bring myself to put a unit on it, a half unit. I can't lay anything on the under because it's just way too low. If we were talking 34 and a half, I'd think about it. No. I mean, you do you, but no. But in this situation, I'm rolling with you as uh, well. I really like Iowa minus three and a half. Like you said, their offensive coordinator is fighting for his job at this point. Even if the team's not that great, this matchup also pretty much decides who goes to the Big Ten Championship as well against one of the other three Big Ten powerhouses. So although these teams are not good, it is unfortunately... I think Wisconsin might be kind of dead. They lost to Iowa last week, and they're just not looking great at all. So with that said, that pretty much seems like this is Iowa's chance to really clench the uh, Big Ten West and not officially check their ticket to Indianapolis in December, but for all intents and purposes. All the more reason to take them in the points. Yes. So let's move on to uh, Tennessee and Alabama. At three thirty, so Alabama minus eight and a half at home. At home, they've been up and down this season. I mean, they're not that down. Let's be honest here. I mean, no, it's it's a different Bama team. It's not the high scoring team that we're used to. Um, Neither is Tennessee's team, though. I mean, Tennessee's not traditionally a power. Let's be honest. They're not traditionally a powerhouse, but they can traditionally put up points. They traditionally can toss the ball into the end zone for a touchdown. They're running the ball a yeah. lot this year. Joe Milton is inaccurate as he was at Michigan, and that's why he was never going to start there. That's why he transferred to Tennessee, trying to find his way in the SEC. He's done a good job. He's found he's found his spot at Tennessee in a great starting position. But eight and a half points on the road. Traveling to Bama, it's a lot to cover. I am leaning on Bama minus eight and a half if I decide to take this. You're going to have to convince me because 
I'm not sold on either side of this game. The over-under set at 47.5. I kind of like the under on this one as well. So if there's an over-under play, for me, it'd definitely be the under. Leaning towards Bama, minus 8.5. I just don't think you, you you don't test Nick Saban like that. I, I, I think how this game plays out. Jalen Milrow is going to show up. I think this game might be 20-17, to 24-17, like a 3-7 to seven point ball game late in the fourth quarter. Bama's going to have the ball with five minutes left. Do you think it's going to be 20-17, to 17, which is all that I need to know to say take the under? I think it's going to come down. But if you're taking the under... I think it's going to come down to the last possession. I think Bama's going to have the ball late with the chance to go lock up the game. If you're taking... If you're basically taking the under in those hypothetical scores, might as well take Tennessee in the points. I think my play here um, would be to use this to add a leg to a parlay and take Bama money line. Okay. That's, yeah. They sweeten, uh, sweeten it, the parlay a little bit. Not too much. There's no there's no value in just taking Alabama straight up. No, there's not. And I, I just, I, that's a lot. It's not a lot of points in college. It's really not. It's just with the style of ball Bama plays, they're not going to put up a lot of points. They're just going to pound the ball up the middle three to four yards at a time, ball control football with a stifling defense. Like you said, it's not the explosive Alabama that we've no. been accustomed to. But it works for them. Um, I think that's all I need to say about that. Um, I'm just going to take them on money line and sprinkle it with some shit. And, uh, yeah, for now I'm going to leave it off the board. Let's, let's stay in the ACC. Uh, up next, we have Ole ACC. 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 The ACC is going to go over the SEC. You know why? Because it just means more. Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, eventually the ACC will be the SEC anyway. So, whatever. Oh, SEC football. We got Ole Miss, at, Ole Miss at Auburn. Auburn's getting six and a half points. 7 p.m. kickoff. First night game that we're talking about. I mean, is there any other uh, no earlier game? No. Did, did you no. want to hit on UTSA at FAU? <sighs> I'm good. USF at UConn. No, no. As we okay. were as we were talking about potentially adding those to the board, I'm glad that we did not. It's uh, brutal. I mean, I might play FAU at some point, but that might be more of a hey. Everything else seems to be hitting. Let's go a little crazy. All right, so. When hell freezes over, oh, when you're at eighty percent on the day going into seven p.m. The the owls have been on a tear tear so far. They're looking all right. I'm go. not saying great. Here we go. But let's get to Ole Miss and Auburn. Let's let's right. let's move for on. for some from backstory. Brandon likes to find a group of five team once or twice a year and kind of latch on to them. No, I wouldn't say once or twice a year. I do just follow the group of five more. UTSA was hot for you in college basketball last year, right? That's that's the that was the brag. No, we were running with San Diego State. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, you can mock UTSA, that one. You can mock that one. UTSA was somewhere around there no, no. at some point. No, I think I placed one bet on them, and I also placed a bet on okay. Old Dominion. There was a lot of other bets mixed in on there. <laughs> Fair, but I do follow the group of five. We're both from Central Michigan University, group of five school. I mean, I always give respect to the smaller schools. We try hard. 
We know we're not going to win it all, but hey, we try. Hey, go blue. Fire up chips. Go blue. Fire up chips. All right, let's get into Ole Miss Auburn because it just means more. Hold on, real quick. We got stick with the group of five. I know we keep teasing Ole Miss Auburn. We'll get to it. But we got a fourth and goal. It's the last play of the game, it looks like. This is terrible audio. For all those listening right now or not listening, if you've made it this far, thank you. Stick around. There'll be I promise, cake at the end. I promise we'll move off of FIU and <laughs> Sam Houston. But I, I do root for the Bearcats. FIU get that first one. FIU is trying to score right now, fourth and goal in overtime. The score is 20 to 27, and there's a review to see if a push-tush play was a touchdown or not. But we'll, we'll while we're looking at this, while, yeah, we'll keep you updated. While we're watching that, let's move into Ole Miss Auburn, where yes. I'll just kick it off and simply say, I like Auburn plus six and a half at home. I'm that's my play. Why don't you talk me into it. Here's why: Auburn played Georgia close. I think they're in a tough spot where Ole Miss team is really looking to make a name for themselves. Auburn's struggling, but they're you know they're starting to turn things around. I think Hugh Freeze in year one of revamping this program, and he's on the up and up with. You know, making close games with good teams. Yeah. yeah, they got blown out by LSU last week. I understand that. You know but, who beat LSU? Ole Miss. The biggest issue that Auburn struggles with is just their lack of passing attack. And for a Hugh Freeze team that is known for wanting to pass the ball score a lot of points, that's their weakest point that they just need to simply improve on moving forward. We're not talking about the future right now with this team. This team being 3-3, three and three, they played Georgia close, got blown out by LSU. They're coming back home after that travel to Louisiana. And I like Auburn at home. There's yeah. no more rhyme or reason other than that. The game is going to game how the game's going to game. I think the game is going to game for Auburn at home. Plus you, want six and a half. Who, you want to know who else played Georgia close last year? Ball State. Or was it Bowling Green? Some MAC team. Um, so I don't think playing Georgia close in a game that Georgia's probably not looking too closely at is going to mean too much. Um, it's Hugh Freeze's first year. Do I think he'll be good for the program? Yeah, I do. Um, I think he'll get things turned around there. I think he'll be competitive. Uh, but not this year. Uh, I think it's just kind of the same situation with Deion in Colorado. Um, you don't step in year one and build a contender. Um, and watch your Urban Meyer and you take over Ohio State, which is pre-built for you. I think the norm is you step into a program, you have to rebuild it ground up. Uh, I think that's what Auburn's going through. And hey, it looks like it's going pretty good for him so far. They haven't looked terrible. They're holding their own. Um, they're hanging in there. You got some heavyweights. But I think with six and a half, you're giving me a touchdown. Do I think Ole Miss, who played, and I'm sorry, what, what was the final score of that Auburn LSU game? Auburn LSU? It was like 55 to 17. Uh, it, was, it was in the 40s. It, was, it didn't get up to that point. It but it was, was. it was bad. 
If yeah, I it was forty-eight to eighteen. It was a thirty-point loss. Yeah, LSU okay. was home. Yep. Sure. And then Ole Miss. They, kept, they beat LSU. I'm and saying it was competitive. All I'm saying is, kids, take your vitamins this week against Ole Miss. Wake up. Get out there. Cover six and a half for Evan here. Let's move on. Yeah. No, I'm taking Ole Miss. Okay. Okay. I'll actually leave this one off. I'm gonna go grab another beer from the fridge. I know you have lots to say about this, um, and I have a very simple response, so I'll let you go ahead. All right. So, cue the Dark Knight Joker scene, and here we go. Picture this. East Lansing, 7.30 p.m. Michigan walks in to face MSU. The Spartans. Michigan's favored by 24 on the road in this rivalry. Granted, they have not covered three touchdowns in East Lansing since the mid-80s. And don't let that point fool you. I think this Michigan team is just as good, if not better, than the last two years. And this Michigan State is worse, far worse, than the last two years. I think this is going to be a bloodbath in East Lansing. Michigan's top to bottom, the better team. They have this ranked statistically second best defense in the nation. They got weapons all over the offense. JJ McCarthy, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, Roman Wilson, Colson Loveland at tight end. The back half of their defense is filled with guys like Junior Colston, Mason Graham, Mike Sanders still, and Will Johnson. Yeah, that's rattling off a lot of names, but those those names carry a lot of weight. And MSU doesn't have anybody. They have guys that are looking to leave that school and enter the transfer portal. Same with their coaches that are left at this point. Mel Tucker's gone. You got Harlan Barnett, who's stepping in as an interim head coach. The only glimmer of hope that the MSU coaching staff has is that Mark D'Antonio is a special assistant right now. And so if he can somehow fill the will of those players with his former teams and how well they performed against Michigan, then maybe they can cover 23 and a half. But at any rate, I think this is a Michigan game. It's definitely an emotional bet for me. Obviously, you can clearly tell. With that said, I just think this Michigan team is far and above better. And they're going to prove it like they have proven it the last two years. Two things can be true. This Michigan team can be probably the best Michigan team I've ever seen in my life. And... You don't beat your rivals by 23 and a half points. It's just not something that happens regularly. Um, it's a rivalry game. Yes, I know Michigan State has almost nothing left to play for. But if you're going to get up for a game, a game that will have national TV, a game that scouts will be at, a game people will be paying attention to, and you are one of those players at the transfer portal, you are one of those coaches trying to find that next job, it's a game you're going to show out for. It's against your rival. <sighs> FIU, hold on, sorry. FIU covered. 
Same Houston State, bro. Double overtime. FIU comes through. I feel so bad for by six. Kids. The amount of games that the same Houston has been in to blow it last second. They need to change their name from the Bearcats to the Lions. Um, <laughs> back, back back to the real game. Back to the Mint State. Um, no, I just... It's a rivalry game, yes. Michigan State is terrible with the capital T-E-R. Terrible. Um, Good, Charles. Sure. Um, <laughs> no, I just... I the, yeah we are we are in agreement. Michigan State is terrible, and I think Michigan. It's just a rivalry game, and I can't wrap my head around that many points. But that's more of a reason why Michigan will just pound them into the ground. This is going to be a fifty-fifty split stadium. Half the Michigan fans are going to be there, and it'll be a half Michigan State. Go uh, across uh, East Lansing, you'll see more maize and blue there than you have in the past ten years. How sure are you that? I'm. F- Putting at least two units on it. That's how sure You're I am. You're putting two it. units on that the stadium will be filled up half and no, half. No, I'm talking about the game. No, no, yeah. How I'm, sure of you are? I'm talking about the crowd here. Well, no, you're factoring the crowd into this. I'm so factoring the crowd into it simply saying that there's no hope for State. Those kids are still going to show up. Win or lose, they still booze. Sure, the kids will show up. The student section will be filled until they're down 28 nothing at halftime. Okay. Then they're gonna go find something else to do and, and have that fun with their be, yeah, mostly empty. No, the state, yeah, the only people that and it's also a seven o'clock game. So those kids are gonna show up. It's kids, a All lot right. of the locals, All a right. lot of the locals that root for that team. A lot tickets will be cheap. Cheap. Those locals will show up. Those locals sure. will show up drunk. Sure. Sure. It will be a. It'll be a loud trip. stadium. It'll be loud. It's a rivalry, but Michigan's gonna crack some ass right when they get in there. You better have a bouncer on your ass for that game if you're in those stands in a Michigan I shirt. I am taking Michigan minus twenty four and a half. I think we've pumped enough emotion into that game where you understand where I'm at as listeners of the podcast. Sure. With that said, let's move on. I think that entire game's going to be a tunnel fight, but let's move on to Duke and Florida State. Tunnel fight. Like last year in Ann Arbor? Yeah. Huh. What happened to those guys? Didn't work out so well. I mean, sure, it didn't work out, but I think that's how that that's the whole, whole stadium is going to be for that game. Okay. That town will be up. All right, Duke-Florida State. We got 7.30 kickoff for this one as well. Florida State at home, favored by 14 and a half. Brandon, what's your take on this? I'll you tell know, you mine if you want to hear it first. No, I know. I'm just I'm trying to figure out how I want to put this. All right. Well, Florida State has all the talent in the world. And they know that. And they know that they play inferior opponent, opponents. I think what that leads to is them trying to show out, them trying too hard, them trying too hard to make big plays. Okay. But they are making those big plays. They're yes. Dominating opponents. There's also times where you watch them and you go, well, that play was an incomplete pass. That play didn't result in anything. But against a better opponent, that's a turnover. And I know Jordan. Jordan Travis doesn't turn the ball over a bunch. I think he has about one or three interceptions. It's very, very low. I know that. but He's dual threat across the board anytime he steps on he the is. field. 
I just think he plays a little too loose for the football with the football. I think Duke is a very physical and disciplined team. I think they've with they've, they've lost to Notre Dame. I think that's it, right? I believe so. So you're taking Riley Leonard and his mom telling him that he sucks? Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, if I'm getting 14 and a half points, you might have talked to me about taking Duke Moneyline. Um, I might toss Duke Moneyline in some crazy-ass and we're tossing dollar on something, eight leg parlay or some shit. Um, yeah, you were talking about taking Duke money line. You can compare that to your uh, Browns money line bet last weekend, which, albeit it was a good bet, it was a good bet it hit for you. Congra- there, there congratulations some... on that again. Yeah, I mean, it's a similar situation where there, there's a times where you think a team is going to take a loss because that team needs to take a loss to a lesser opponent to wake them up and say no. You have to perform better than what you have. You have to execute better than what you have. You can't play loose yeah, with the football. I just don't think that happens here. I think Florida State is a far superior team. If you're taking 14 and a half, by all means, I think that's the side. That's the lean. Um, it's a lot better than 14. I think that half point difference here, that hook is big. If um playing this in the points, it's going to be Duke. Game time decision on it. But with that said, I really like the over in this game over under set at 49 and these like these two teams are crushing the over on a consistent basis they put up points like no one else and 49 and a half seems low and that almost seems like a reason to take the unders because it screams that it is so low but i just want to i just want to hammer the over for that much more of a reason i've been taking a lot of unders this year i've had a decent track record with it yeah um, and i'm gonna take the over in this one for that reason high scoring offenses by that's all my means. take the over unders over unders are more your thing um i'm taking do 14 and a half um i think it's gonna be a great physical game i think the physicality of duke is going to surprise Florida state quite a bit um but let's move on uh we have another night game Got Utah at USC. I love this game. Cam Rising still out. Yeah. Talking about possibly medical redshirting him. Really? Yes. That's rough. Sad, sad to hear, but um, USC is a seven-point favorite. Seven-point favorite at home after a brutal loss at Notre Dame. And I think USC, they might not be the better team than Notre Dame, but they're definitely the superior team to Utah. I like USC at home by seven. Yeah, I mean, it's only a touchdown. Um, I think USC had a bad week last week. Um, Caleb Williams was trash. Um, great football player. I still think he's... Going to be worth a top top two pick Great in the NFL. Great football player, yeah. He won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, yeah, He's a fantastic college football player. But everyone has a bad week. That's all it was. It's, hey, you got caught on a bad day. We've all had bad days at work. We've all had bad bad tests. All failed an exam, I'm sure. Or two, or three, or four. Um, it happens. It's whatever. Um, had a bad week. I think he'll, he'll bounce back. USC will bounce back. I think Utah gets a lot of props because of their defense. 
I think offensively they can't really move the ball. Um, and if you're going to give me a touchdown in a team that struggle against a team that struggles offensively is offensively challenged, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take those points. I don't think it's a lot. Um, if you can get a six and a half, I think that's probably the better bet. Um, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Just shop around. Going to get a six and a half. Well, it's probably how I would play it. Well, we're we're not taking the points technically. We're given given the seven, but what yeah. terminology yeah. minus seven? Terminology, I get what you I mean. I mean, technically, yeah. we we live in North Carolina where these gambling apps are illegal. We can still look at those spreads. We can't place them on there. Do have to go drive to the casino. Um, yeah, yeah. If there is anything that we legitimately want to place, we do have to drive to the casino where it is legal. And with that said, what we're just days we should get out there and do like a like just podcast Boys in the black. Yeah, like do a do a podcast in the podcast, blackjack table. Podcast the from the Nino. Yeah, go to the sports book and just do a podcast oh, from there. That'd be a riveting episode. Yeah, I mean, maybe have a couple guest speakers come in. See, here's the thing. I've, have you looked ahead to what the first thing we can bet on in North Carolina through these bet, through the betting apps are? Once it's legal it's the day, online through it, the state? Yep, it's the day after the final week of the NFL football season. Yeah. And we have a trash slate of college basketball on. <laughs> like, unless you want to bet on... Fun. It's like Southeastern Louisiana State Technical University A&M versus Blue Mountain State. Jeez. It's bad. All right. Well, anyway, well, um, that's the bets for this weekend. I'm sure we'll get around to doing a recap. Well, of... I, wait. Oh boy. I got one more. Oh boy. I got one more, and oh then boy. I and then I think we should uh, cap all our games. Say what we're throwing down. So, as a little additive, oh boy, I like uh, I enjoy my parlays so. We're not talking units upon units here, but you know maybe half a unit, a little, little fifth as I'd like to call it, which is you know just a fifth of your unit. You know, if you're if ten bucks is your unit, then your fifth is two dollars. If fifty dollars is your unit, ten dollars is your fifth. Hundred dollars, twenty bucks is your fifth. So I like throwing you know little fifth units down sometimes. And so with my fifth parlay of the day. Not literally fifth, but you get what I mean. Sure. <laughs> I got you. You know, go for it. I like JMU minus four, Michigan minus 24, USC minus seven, and the Duke Florida State over to hit. And that's my fifth parlay for this episode. Um, Brandon, should we go and cap our games that we... Uh, um, Yeah, let's go for it. I mean, again, anything that I'm picking flat out, I'm probably also I'm putting a half unit on that, and then a half unit on JMU minus four okay. plus that team. We're uh, and we're keeping track of all of our records for the podcast. Obviously, we're only going to talk about the ones that we win. Yeah, just just kidding. No, <laughs> we might we might alter like we might alter how much money is tossed around on these. Um, just just because I don't necessarily want that out there. Well. I mean, I, I'm not saying I don't want to share my winnings. I'm saying if I'm down, I don't know, 700 on a year, I don't want to see that. We can just pretend that that didn't happen. Well, we can. We also can only bet if we actually go to the Nino. True. These are just our picks. This is part of the reason that we're doing this but podcast. I'm, I'm going to go place these still. Yeah. Naturally. So it's going to be keeping track of it, but I don't 
I don't want to share what unit is for me. Sure. No, I'm not. I'm not sharing what mine is either. I mean, and I'm not going to keep. I, I, you should keep track of your winnings. No, I, I will keep by track winnings. Of that. I mean winning record. Well, How yeah, successful yeah. we are. That's but what I'm I mean. saying. If you are betting money on it, you should not, keep track of what you're. Right. Yeah. Gamble responsibly, but keep track of our winnings, as in win loss record. Is what I was referencing more so. Sure. <laughs> With I that mean, said, we, we are trying to also, you know, maybe win some money. That, that is the that is the end goal. Naturally, we're two, as our bio says, sports connoisseurs that are just trying to have some fun, give some advice on our picks for these games. Uh, we got this college episode, and we're also going to be dropping an NFL episode. We're going to be focusing on football, college, and pros starting off as. The NBA starts kicking off its season along with college basketball. I'll get into a little bit of that. Brandon will be there along for that as well. Um, We're also crushing these beers, so this content might uh, <laughs> might need to wrap up quick. <laughs> and we've had a couple, couple, uh, couple floats, couple brewskis, brewskis, couple pops. All right, yeah, but let, let's get to say. the bets. Let's talk about yep. what we're betting. At the let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Nino. You want to start? Yeah, I mean, again, some some of these lines you kind of got to kind of got to read. Like, kick it off. So this JMU line, it was started out at four. I'm out. It was at three and a half across the books this afternoon. Now back up to four. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Right, but what are we taking? I'm taking JMU minus four. Okay. I'm gonna go down, and I'm gonna take. To the three thirty games, I'm gonna take Alabama money line, mix it in with JMU minus four, and then I'm probably gonna go back and take Alabama with the points. Okay. Um. Also, in the three thirty spot, Iowa minus three and a half at home against Minnesota, um, and then I'm gonna follow you and take the Oregon minus twenty. And then Duke plus 14 and a half. Um, and that's probably all I'm going to place down for college. Oh, and USC uh, plus or minus seven at home against Utah. Um, that's all I got for this college slate. Um, it's kind of a weak slate. I would love to be able to bet more. Um, there's not too many other games out there unless you want to start getting into whatever else you have on yours. Yeah, I'll get into what I got. So... Of all games that we talked about, I'm I'll be taking JMU minus four. I'm passing on the Cincy Baylor game. I just can't justify putting putting a unit down or even a fifth of sorts on that game. Uh Oregon at home. I talked about it a ton. I really like Oregon. Minus twenty at home against Washington State. I know that's a lot of points. So Conference game, give me Oregon. Bama, Tennessee. I'm still on the fence with this one. If I end up putting something down for it, it'll be in the cap episode. But for now, I'm leaving it alone. I'm also going in on Iowa minus three and a half. Uh, like you said, their offensive coordinator's got so much to prove. And Minnesota's just not good. So give me Iowa minus three and a half. Auburn Ole Miss taking plus six and a half. Auburn at home. They got a, a team that's just ready to stick it to them. Show them that, you know, 
Hugh Freeze is in town now. They got a different philosophy they're trying to push in. I see Auburn plus six and a half. And with that, move into Michigan minus 24 and a half as my next pick. You heard me rave about Michigan. I think, you know, Homer bet, emotional bet, sure, X, Y, Z, and the other things. With that said, they could be the best team in the nation. In a rivalry game, just not bend against that. And with moving into Duke, Florida State, like the over. Crush the over. 49 is going to be hit by halfway through the third quarter. Duke, Florida State over, 49. My next play I'm a huge fan of is USC minus 7. They're... On a revenge game, coming back, Caleb Williams is going to shine. Dude is going to shine in this game. Mark my words. And I got to take Penn State money line because, again, fuck Ohio. Penn State money line, half a unit, maybe double into a unit. And with that said, my favorite plays of the week, I'm going to tie into a parlay. Put a little bow on it. Called a four leg fifth. Give me. <laughs> um, well, I, I got a chaser for that fifth whenever you're done. All right. I found one other game. I All right. So my four leg fifth is JMU minus four, Michigan minus 24, USC minus seven, and the Duke Florida State over. What do you got, Brandon? Georgia State plus three on the road at Louisiana, the Raging Cane. <laughs> Um, Florida State is or Georgia State is one of the better group of five teams out there. Yes, they did just get pounded into the dirt by James Madison, but James Madison is James Madison. James Madison is the closest thing that the group of five has to a power five team, in my humble opinion. Um, so I do give them some slack for that. I think it's a bounce back spot for Georgia State. Um, fuck it, let's roll with them. All right, and with that, um, are we are we happy with this first podcast? I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, we're gonna go back, review the tape, but from everything, it sounds sounds uh, pretty good. I'm happy. We're with not posting so tonight, right away. Ah, we should. We should try. We're gonna get this out to you I mean, as no soon one's... as as soon as you'll know. And uh, again, this is live from the studio. Thanks for joining us, everyone, on the first episode. Of the betting tree. I'm Evan Robleski. I'm Spalding. And hey, if we get any more than your girlfriend, Sarah, to listen to this, then I will pay for whatever betting, <laughs> whatever losses you had this weekend. Have a great night, Shake folks. Shake on that one. All right. Have a great night, guys.